This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah. On Mondays, we are having Rav Benjamin Tavori, who is giving a series this year on Mo'adei Hashanah, Shiurim, about the different holidays and festivals. In our ongoing Sidra of Shiurim about Mo'adei Yisrael, I think it would be appropriate this week to speak about the day of Chavchet Iyar, which was designated by the chief rabbinate as the day to be called Yom Yerushalayim. How exactly to celebrate it, what to do, is not the issue that I'd like to discuss. It would be important to emphasize that in our calendar, this is one of the Moadei HaShanah. Unfortunately, it has not been recognized as such, except for the people who really identify themselves as what we call Datim Le'umiyim, National Zionists. But without this going into the political implications and understanding the very fact that we were Meshachrer Yerushalayim, and we now have access to places over which we could only dream of approaching years ago, is certainly enough of a reason, and there are many, many reasons to celebrate the day of Yom Yerushalayim. We will discuss, therefore, the unique concept of Yerushalayim, and specifically the connection between Yerushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash. The Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah says that on, Shofar, on Shabbos of Rosh Hashanah, we do not blow Shofar. In the Talmud Bavli, it's explained that this is because of the Gzeira of Rabbah. Rabbah made a Gzeira that we're afraid somebody will carry or move the Shofar in Rosh Hashanah. So we made a Gzeira that you don't blow Shofar. The Mishnah says, "Bamikdash ayutokim avalabamdina." You blow shofar in the Mikdash even on Shabbos, but not outside the Mikdash in what is called Medina. Now, what is Mikdash? Rashi interprets Mikdash means the Beis Hamikdash, and the reason you blow shofar in the Beis Hamikdash on Shabbos, Rashi explains in Rosh Hashanah, is because ein shvus bamikdash. The laws of Rabbanan were not applied to the Beis HaMikdash. This topic is rather problematic because, in general, we use the phrase Ein Shvuz Mikdash to refer to things that are necessary to do in the Beis HaMikdash. It doesn't mean, it doesn't seem to mean that automatically all the Isurei Drabana, there are no, no laws of Drabana in the Beis HaMikdash. It means the Rabbana did not include the Beis HaMikdash in Gzairus that would, that would affect the Avod of the Beis HaMikdash. One could therefore discuss, according to Rashi, why Ein Shvaz Mikdash applies, and if it does apply, is there a unique concept of blowing the shofar in the Beis HaMikdash on Rosh Hashanah and on Shabbos as well. However, that is Rashi's opinion, that in the Beis HaMikdash you do, not blow, you do blow shofar on Shabbos, outside the Beis HaMikdash, what we call Gvulin, Bamdina, you don't blow shofar. However, the Ramam disagreed, and the Ramam thought 
that when the Mishnah says you, Mikdash, it did not just mean Mikdash, it meant the city of Yerushalayim. Obviously, we're referring to the idea, uh, the concept of Yerushalayim, which is Yerushalayim within the walled city of Yerushalayim. It seems that according to the Rambam, the reason you do not blow shofar outside Gvulin is like a Gzeira, according to the Bavli, the Yerushalmi does learn differently, but we'll learn simply according to the Bavli that there's a Gzeira, and this Gzeira does not apply in Yerushalayim as an extension of the Beis HaMikdash. Perhaps because the Bezdin HaGadol sits there, and the Bezdin HaGadol is responsible to see how to blow shofar properly, what to do to keep the laws of Shabbos and the laws of Rosh Hashanah at the same time. Be that as it may, according to the Rambam, it seems that Midaraisa, a person should blow shofar on Shabbos in, in Yerushalayim, even today. The Gzeret Rabbanan doesn't apply. Yerushalayim is Mikdash. It was well known that uh, more than a hundred years ago, there was a whole to-do about this particular issue in Yerushalayim. There was a famous person, well known, an editor of a newspaper who decided that we'll get together all the Rabbanim, the important Rabbanim of Yerushalayim, and we'll discuss it, and we'll blow shofar on Shabbos. And he's had in, engendered a whole halachic discussion about it, and some obviously were very much opposed, some were very much in favor, and the whole discussion at the end, it seems uh, unclear actually what happened. Uh, this, The account of this, of course, can be found in historical journals of that time, and in the halachic sources, it's mentioned, uh, Rav Zevin brings it in Moadim Ba'aloch, and other people discuss what actually happened. The other case where the Rambam's understanding of Yerushalayim and Mikdash being somehow connected would be therefore in the case of Lulav as well. We have the same din by Lulav. Midaraisa, a person is supposed to take, well, actually a similar, similar din in, in Yerushalayim, you're supposed to take a Lulav seven days. In, I'm sorry. Usmachtem lifnei Hashem elokeichem shivas yamim. Lifnei Hashem, now lifnei Hashem is referring to the Beis HaMikdash. So we, you say that you take the Lulav and the Abaminim the entire week. Whereas, that you're only to take a lul of one day, that's Bigvulin. That's outside the Beis HaMikdash. Now, according to the way we understood, it would seem that according to the Rambam, you, a person should be required to take lul of Midaraisa in Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is Mikdash. The ramifications of such a thing would be, and I know people who really, really somehow, at least, they take this opinion into account. You see, it's true that today, we take a lulav the entire week. But we do it as a zeichel amikdash, a dinder abanan, in order to remember the Beis HaMikdash, because there they really did it for an entire week. So we do it today, zeichel amikdash. Because we only do it zeichel amikdash or the rabbanan, therefore, there are certain halachas that do not apply to taking the lulav the first day, the rest of, of Yantif as much as they apply the first day. For example, the first day, there, the tululav has to be shalachem, and has to be uh, kosher in many details, whereas we paskin that the rest of sukkahs, let's say you, we live in Gush Etzion, so we take a lulav, zeichel amigdash, midrabana, and kol shiva, but it doesn't have to be shalachem, certain psulim that we would not use the first day could be used. Now, I know people that go to Yerushalayim on Sukkot, whether they go in order to 
uh, here Birchas Kohanim, where they just go when it, in a sense of Aliyah Regal for Yantif, but they've davened already in Alon Shmut. They've taken the Lulav and fulfilled all the mitzvahs of the day. But there are some who take this account, take this opinion of the Ramim into account. And when they go to Yushalayim, they feel, well, I was Yodzei, the Rabbanan. The Zechel and Mikdash I fulfilled, but now there's a Chi of Daraiz to fulfill. So they'll try to take a little of an Esrog in Yerushalayim as well, in order to fulfill what they think, that according to the Rambam, is a Din Daraisa. Yerushalayim is Mikdash. They also will try to take a lulav and Esrog, which are kosher, like according to the first day. What you really need for the first day, they would say, maybe in Yerushalayim you need that Kol Shiva, and for that you'd have to study Sugyas in the third, fourth Prakim of, of Sukkah, what you really need. But the underlying assumption is since the Rambam equated Yerushalayim and Mikdash, therefore the laws would apply to Shofar and Lulav as well. Some, of course, have debated this point very greatly. For example, the Meshachachma, the Rebmeir Simcha of Devins, the person who wrote the Arsameach and the Rambam, the Meshachachma and Chumash, also has two Svarim called Chidushe uh, Rabbeinu Meir Simcha Shas. In his Sefer on Shas, he quotes the Aruchelner, Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, who says that today Yerushalayim is chayiv and luluf, all Yerushalayim is chayiv and luluf midaraisa. He says this is such a catastrophic mistake that it should not be even be mentioned. He says, then why would Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai make a takana that you have to take luluf kol shiva, zechel amigdash? If we have it today, then why should there be a zechel amigdash? See, we understand that today, if not for the Zeichel and Mikdash, nobody in the world would take a Lulav. But, argues the Arsameach, but they would take a Lulav. In, in Yerushalayim today, it's Daraisa. So why would Rabbi Yochanan and Ben Zakkai make a Takana to take Lulav Kol Shiva? The mitzvah is Bizman Hazer. And he goes on to argue against this point, and he disagrees violently. He says, no, there's no need for it. The Arsameach really argued as to the halachic ramifications of the principle of the Rambam. But he certainly would not argue that the Rambam did equate Yerushalayim and Mikdash, and the Rambam even explained that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is basically the Kedusha of Mikdash. In Perek Vav of Hilchaz Beis Abchira, the Rambam discusses the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, when I talk now about Kedusha, I mean the Halachic ramifications of Kedusha. I don't mean the concept of the spirituality, of the awe, of the wonder of Eretz Yisrael. I'm talking about technical halachas, the Kedusha of the land for technicalities. The Rambam in Perek Vav, Hilchas Beis Abchira, and in other places as well, mentions the famous controversy in the Gemara, whether the time that Yoshua was Mekadesh Eretz Yisrael would last forever. Until Yoshua came to Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael did not have this halachic type of Kedusha. And Yoshua was Mekadesh Eretz Yisrael. But we also know that later on, Ezra came to Eretz Yisrael, and Ezra again was Mekadesh Eretz Yisrael. And the Gemara, therefore, has this big machlokas, if the Kedusha Rishona of Yoshua is only temporary and was dissipated at the time of the Golos, or the Kedusha of Yoshua is permanent, Assuming the Kedusha of Yoshua is temporary, what would happen when Ezra came? Did he, was he Mekadosh Yisrael also temporarily? Until the Churban, or until the Galus, or in forever? 
And it's known that the Ramah Paskins, that the Kedusha Rishon of Yoshua was Kitsha Lashata Avalo, Kitsha Lasalavo. That Kedusha really dissipated at the time of the Golos. However, the Kedusha of Ezra, that Kedusha will last, is permanent. And the Ramam uh, tries to explain the reason behind this psak, and of course it has engendered much, much literature to explain what's the difference between the Kedusha of Yoshua and the Kedusha of Ezra. But that, to our topic right today, today is somewhat irrelevant. The Rambam points out, and it's important to note, that the Rambam says the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is under debate, under discussion. But the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash is unquestionable that the first Kedusha is permanent. The Kedusha of of Yerushalayim is the same as the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash. And the Rambam says, How did the Beis HaMikdash become Kadosh? Bigdusha Rishona Shekidsha Shalomo The first original Kedusha of, of Shlomo Shehu Kidesho Azara V'Yerushalayim L'Shatan V'Kidsha Lasalavo The Kedusha of Yerushalayim the Kedusha of the Azara of the Beis HaMikdash is permanent. That has nothing to do with the Mechlokas in general but Eretz Israel. So the Kedusha of the Mikdash is permanent. Since the Kedusha of Mikdash is permanent, and Yerushalayim, according to the Rambam, is Mikdash, so therefore the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is permanent. In fact, some people have gone so far as to argue about the din of agriculture in the city of Yerushalayim. Now it happens to be there's very little agriculture in Yerushalayim. And there are agadic reasons why that is indeed true. We bring fruit to Yerushalayim. We bring fruit to Yerushalayim. We bring Masa Sheni to Yerushalayim and therefore we make the Shuk look beautiful. But inside Yerushalayim itself, there's very little agriculture. But the Rambam Paskin, that Trumos and Masros today are only Drabanan. That the Rambam says in the first parak of Hilchus Trumos. The, all the laws of Chumas and Masros, which of course we have to be meticulous with, even though they're only Durabana, but they are Durabana. So, they're not the rice of Ismanas. Therefore, the reason again is a topic that we will not go into right now. But, since the Ramapasim, the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is permanent, so many people have asked, therefore, since the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is the eternal Kedusha, the original Kedusha, then perhaps it would be Chayv and Chumas and Masros, even Bismanaz. This question has been raised by the Minchas uh, Chinuch. Rav Pesach Frank has a whole discussion about it. It seems to be the answer is very, very simple and very clear. When we talk about the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, I said I'm not talking about the spirituality, the special significance of Eretz Yisrael. I'm talking about the technical halachic aspects of Eretz Yisrael, which has Kedusha's karka. The land itself has Kedusha. The land has Kedusha. Ezra, Yoshua, the question is, at what point the land has Kedusha, when does it have not have Kedusha, when is it lost, etc. The Kedusha of Yerushalayim is not Kedusha's karka. The Kedusha of Yerushalayim is not that the ground of Yerushalayim is, is, is unique. The avir of Yerushalayim, the concept of Yerushalayim in our, in our minds is not just laws of agriculture and karka. It's Kedusha Savir, the very air itself. And therefore, 
it would not apply to Trumas and Masras. So what we have done so far is to explain that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is connected to the Kedusha of the Mikdash. Now, when we daven every day in Shema we have a bracha about Yerushalayim, and immediately afterwards, we have the bracha about Machos Beis David. The Gemara in Megillah, Daf Yudzayim, explains the order of the brachas of Shema The bracha that precedes Yerushalayim is the bracha to raise Karen HaTzadikim, the, the glory of the, of the Tzadikim, and they quote the Pasuk, V'cholkaynei Rishayim HaGadeya Tromeim Nakanei Tzadik. You'll somehow destroy the glory of the evil people to raise the glory of the Tzadikim. And then the Gemara says afterwards, V'heichon Meromem Eskarna. Where will this be achieved? The glory of Tzadikim, where will it be really attained, reached? In Yerushalayim. They talk about seeking the, uh, asking about the shalom in Yerushalayim, and the lovers of uh, Yerushalayim will find peace. And then the Gemaris continues, Once Yerushalayim is built, then we see there's Malchus Beis David. Acha Yashuvu, and they quote a pasuk, Acha Yashuvu Bnei Yisrael, Ubikshu Es Hashem Elokeim, there's David Malcolm, a pasuk in Hosea, that after Bnei Yisrael come back, they'll build, they'll seek a Kodesh Baruch, they'll seek David HaMelech. From the Gemara, it might seem that the order will be somehow the Beis HaMikdash, and then David HaMelech, the Marsha points out that uh, this is not necessarily so. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, and the Ramam so codifies in the beginning of Hilchus Malachim, says there are three mitzvahs that Bnei Israel have to do when they come into Israel as a group. One of them to appoint a king, one of them to wipe out Amalek, one of them to build the base of Mikdash. And the order of the Rambam is important that appointing the king, and of course according to the Rambam, building, appointing the king of Malchus Beis David precedes the base of Mikdash. But the Malchus Beis David will build the base of Mikdash. So, we now see that the connection of in, in Shmon is that we're talking about through Malchus Beis David, which somehow comes the bracha, even though it comes afterwards. Now, we see from here that Yerushalayim, and we saw the Rambam Yerushalayim as the din of Mikdash, and it's connected inherently to Malchus Beis David. Malchus Beis David and Yerushalayim go hand in hand. In fact, the Gemara says in Bava Kameh, very interesting Gemara, that there was a Matbeah of Yerushalayim, the coin of Yerushalayim, as if there are two sides to Yerushalayim itself. And what are these two sides of the coin? So the Gemara says that one side has Eze Matbeah Sheh Yerushalayim, David Ushlomo Mitzad Echad, on one hand, you have David and Shlomo, Malchus based David, and the other hand, you have Yerushalayim Irakodesh. Yerushalayim Irakodesh goes together with Malchus based David as one kiyum, as one concept. That's Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is Malchus based David, and Yerushalayim, and Yerushalayim is based on Mikdash. 
why do we really have two different brachas in Shemar Netzer? Why do we have one bracha about Yerushalayim, another bracha about Malchus Beis David? But moreover, why is Malchus Beis David mentioned in the bracha of Yerushalayim as well? Our text says, build and establish the throne of David, and then you say right afterwards another bracha about David. Why do we do two? In fact, the Rambam did not have two. In the Siddur of the Rambam, in the Siddur of Rambam Gon, there's a bracha of Yushalayim, and David is not mentioned. The next, the next bracha has in it Malchus based David. Why is our text different? And not only that, in our text, in the standard texts, we say, as I pointed out, Now the last words we say before the bracha are But we end the bracha with We have a principle in halacha that a bracha is ended the bracha, the nusach bracha, the text of the bracha that we make, refers to the last statement that we made. Now, the last statement, statement that we made was v'chisei David Meir l'sochotachin, and then we say b'nei Yerushalayim. It seems to be that it would be more proper to say it v'chisei David avdechemer l'sochotachin, uvnei osa b'kar b'yameinu b'nyan olam, and then once you say b'nyan olam, you say b'nei Yerushalayim, samach l'chasima. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Rabbi Salavechik, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, himself said it that way. He pointed out this issue that I mentioned, and he said it this way. It happens to be that not only is what I recall hearing from the Rav, this is the bracha today of Chabad and other Nuschaos. In Chabad they say, So Malchus Beis David precedes Binyan Yerushalayim, and Binyan Yerushalayim is, is juxtaposed to the bracha itself. I'd like to somehow explain the text that we have today as making simple, certain type of sense but in order to do that, I'd like to digress and explain a little bit of the brachos of Birchas Hamazam. In Benching, we know there is a, mit- a mitzvah daraisa, a biblical requirement of saying Birchas Hamazam. The Torah says, V'achalta v'savata, uv'erachta z'ashem elokech al-aratza we eat, we're satiated, we should bench and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the good land he gave us. <clears throat> the Gemara in Brachas, and Tosas really points out, there are three separate Brachas. That's what we do. Midoraisa, there are three Brachas. The first Bracha, Hazanus HaKol. The second Bracha, Allah Eretz Valamazan. And the third Bracha, Bonei V'Rachem, V'Shem, or Bonei V'Shem, whatever the text may be. The fourth Bracha, Hatov HaMetiv, that the Gemara says is Drabana. That Gemara was instituted later on as a uh, in memory or an honor of Haruge Beitar, those martyrs of Beitar. But the first three brachas are Daraisa. Not only are they Daraisa, the Gemara says if you do not say it in the formula which it should be said, you're not Yotze. Kol Shalom Amar Malchus Beis David, you're not Yotze. Now, in order to say these 
are Daraisa, the three parts of Birchas HaMazam. Let's look in the Pasuk and let's try to understand, is it really Daraisa? Where do you get it from? Well, the first part is simple. You eat, you say shit, you should thank God, you should bless God, you should say a bracha. That is certainly a mitzvah Daraisa. And I understand the first part of Birchas HaMazam, under all conditions, under all situations, you have to mention Kaddish Baruch Hu Azam And we know that we have a tradition in Gemara that Moshe Rabbeinu made a takana and Moshe Rabbeinu himself formulated the first bracha of Birchas HaMazan when Bnei Yisrael ate. He obviously did not um, formulate the second and third parts because Moshe did not come into Eretz Yisrael. He did not talk about Eretz Yisrael prior to the fact that we entered and were Mekadish Eretz Yisrael. The second bracha, the Gemara says, was instituted by Yoshua. Where's the source for that? Now, it's true the text is made by Yoshua, but the concept is included somehow in the Pasuk. Where do you see it? Well, that's clear. Allah Eretz HaTova. Because the Torah said you should thank Eretz Yisrael. You should mention Eretz Yisrael. No matter where a person is, no matter what time a person or where a person eats, he has to mention Allah Eretz Valamazan, that he thanks HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Eretz Yisrael, which perhaps is the source of the Muslim, but whatever it is, you mention Eretz Yisrael, you mention Muslim. Good. But where do you get the third bracha? What is the third bracha? About Yushalayim? And not just Yushalayim, but Malchus Beis David. And the Gemara says, this is a conditio sine qua non to fulfill the mitzvah daraisa b'chas ha'mazon. Where do you see that in the Pasuk? Now one could argue and say, You could say, the Eretz is Eretz Yisrael. Tova refers to Shai. Okay. But where do you get Malchus based David? According to what we're explaining, our whole discussion, Eretz Yisrael is Haaretz HaTovah. But Eretz Yisrael is not complete without Yerushalayim. You cannot talk about Eretz HaTovah without mentioning Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is not just the city of Yerushalayim. It's Malchus based David. Now, Malchus based David here symbolizes two different factors. One, the kingdom, the monarchy, the government of Am Yisrael to be governed by its own autonomous sovereignty. And it represents building the base of Mikdash. Because Yerushalayim is Mikdash. And Mikdash is built by David HaMelech. So, any mention of Eretz Yisrael in Birchas Hamazan Midaraisa must include Yerushalayim, and Yerushalayim must include Malchus based David. When we say building of Yerushalayim, we mean building Yerushalayim with the Beis Hamikdash through Malchus based David. Now we can go back to Shemon Esrei. When we talk about so we're talking about returning to Yerushalayim, but not just returning to Yerushalayim because it's a nice city, because of all the beautiful areas in Yerushalayim. We're talking about Yerushalayim because it's the city of Malchus Beis David, the city of the Beis HaMikdash. So we mention David HaMelech in the Brach of Yerushalayim not just as part of Malchus Beis David, but actually as part of building of Yerushalayim. So when I say the words, Uvnei osa which is the common Ashkenazic text, 
when I meet, when I say the words David I do not refer to Malchus based David per se because that's Malchus based David. I look at that as the binyan of Yerushalayim. Malchus based David is one side of the coin of Yerushalayim, and therefore it is in a sense me'ena chasima when I say bone Yerushalayim or. That is Bonei Yerushalayim. Bonei Yerushalayim is Malchus Beis David. And Malchus Beis David is then mentioned as the Malchus Beis David, which, as I said, according to Marsha, is a, a prerequisite for the Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Now, we have pointed out that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim is basically the Kedusha of the Mikdash. And the Kedusha of Mikdash comes together with Malchus Beis David. The one last halacha that I'd like to point out in this context is a Gemara in Moed Cotton, which is quoted in the Shulchan Aruch, and it's interesting to see how it's observed today. The Gemara says, when a person comes, according to the simple text, our text in the Gemara, if a person comes to one of the Arei Yehuda, now it happens to be that I live in one of the Arei Yehuda, and when you come to Arei Yehuda B'churbanan, when they are still desolate, then you say a certain statement, statement, and you make and you tear kriya. When you continue on your trip towards Yerushalayim, and when you come into Yerushalayim, you tear, you say again something, and you tear kriya on the city of Yerushalayim, which is Kharif. When you come the third stage, and you come further into Yerushalayim, and you see the actual makam hamikdash b'chobano, you see the actual site of the base hamikdash as it's desolate. So you tear Kriya, you say the sentences, and you tear Kriya again. Now, the question, this halacha is mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch. The question is how this applies, how these halachas apply Bizman Hazeh. A lot of uh, literature has been written about this point. An excellent article was written by Rav Herschel Schechter in uh, the Kovetz published by Masad Rav Kook, called Tovet Koretz Torah Shabbat was printed many, many years ago. And if you'll see, Rav Goren and many other people have discussed this issue today, Halach Lamaisa. Let's analyze it very, very briefly from the first Halach. If you see a city of Yehuda, Bechurbano, so you tear Kriya. One would have to discuss today what's considered Bechurbano. Let's say you, a person comes uh, for the sake of discussion, you come into the city of Kiryat Arba, you come into uh, what we would call somehow any place around Gush Etzion, and you see a thriving Jewish community under Jewish sovereignty. No one could think that this is a, a reason today to tear Kriya. There's no uh, Based upon political understanding and uh, awareness, a person might argue about other places within the areas of Yehuda today that generally today, uh, the places where Jews generally don't go, uh, one could really question if you go there, if you should Kriya. But the generally accepted opinion today is with the places that we normally go to in Yehuda, nobody would tear Kriya. Let's go to the other scene. When you go to the Beis HaMikdash, so today, B'chobano, today one would argue, is Yushal, the Beis HaMikdash considered B'chobano? Now this is partly a halachic issue and partly a political issue. Does the concept of the Beis HaMikdash mean physically there's no Beis HaMikdash? And any time there's physically no Beis HaMikdash, we should tear Kriya. Or does it mean that there's no sovereignty on Harabais, Zorim, you know, the, as we say in those terrible words that we say in the Chaim, all the Ligionos, and the Zorim, etc., etc., are there. So you one could already discuss what's the situation today in Harabais. 
this has been a question, a debate in halacha. If I'm not mistaken, and people could check articles that have written been written about this, it seems to me that uh, Rav Salavechik thought really you should tear kriya on Yerushalayim b'zman hazeh, and on Makam Amikdash. I'm sorry, on Makam Amikdash. And for example, I think Shibad Elchaim Talvim. I heard it from Rav Mital. I think Rav Goren also said that there's no need to tear kriya on Yerushalayim b'zman hazeh because of their understanding of Shilton Yehudi, whatever that is. Let's assume that uh, this is a contra- controversy, and Rav Shechter in his article discussed whether we would pass in Kedivri HaMekel or not. Do we, is this a concept of Avelis or not? Is it a regular din uh, where we would say Halacha Kedivri HaMekel Ba'avel? Maybe you would say that if there's a controversy, you don't hear Kriya. If I remember correctly, when uh, Rav Neria, Zeich HaTzadik Levracha, the Rosh Hashiva, Voli Shilvani Akiva, brought Talmidim to the Kotel for the first time, he told them to make a Shechianu, and he also told them to tear Kriya, because they come to the place where they can see Yerushalayim B'chubana, the Beis HaMikdash B'chubana, and they should tear Kriya. That's what I, what I vaguely remember. Assuming this is all true, one would argue, one could question, what about Yerushalayim B'zman hazeh? Now, we pointed out that the Kedusha of Yerushalayim B'zman hazeh, and the special uniqueness of Yerushalayim, is because it's Malchus Beis David. Because we have sovereignty. Now today we do have sovereignty. The Ira Bira, the capital city of Eretz Israel, is Yerushalayim. And it should be so recognized by everyone. Would we tear Kriya under those conditions? Would that be considered Bechubana? I would say not. If you would say the unique significance of Yerushalayim is Ir Sheyesh Mikdash, then you would argue and say, if Yerushalayim, based on Makam Mikdash, you do tear Kriya, then you should tear Kriya in Yerushalayim as well. Again, I said this is a Many people have debated this issue. The only reason I raised it today is certainly not to pass in the question, but to raise the issue that you see from here that the nature of Yishalayim has in it two facets. The concept of Ir Habira, of Malchus Yisrael, Memshelet Yisrael, and also the concept of the Kedusha of Yishalayim. In a sense, this year can be summarized in four words that we say every, every Friday night. Mikdash Melech it's the city of the Mikdash Melech, but it's also the city of Ir Melucha, the city of Malchus Beis David, the city of Jewish dominion in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim.